The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. Some people don't think horses and people communicate. We call those people not horse people. Not horse people don't know you and your horse share a unique bond or that your horse knows you know they like your dogs but not so much the barking. At Sentinel Horse Nutrition, we don't knock not horse people. We're too busy focusing on horse people's horses. With extruded nugget feeds for exceptional nutrition and formulas for every need, our wide choice of feeds makes it easy to find the fit for your horse's health. Find theirs at feedsentinel.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Wolves Fancast. We were with you last night for the aches and pains of the Bournemouth draw, and now we're with you again for more cathartic release. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Rich Hobbs here. I'm joined with Gully, Jaffo and Tom. How are you all feeling tonight, gents? Rollercoaster, isn't it? Rollercoaster today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a bit more exciting than what we usually have which is absolutely jack shit usually so beats that is it because shouldn't Bruno have had all of his transfers through the door pre-season day one <laughs> wasn't that a plan really it never never happens does it, it? We've, never we've happens been, we've been sucked into this whole transfer deadline day um, drama almost isn't haven't we you know where hmm. There's all sorts of shit going on. You just want to go, be able to go to the party. You want an invite to the party, don't you? So we can say we made a transfer on deadline day. Um, but I've, I, you know, I found really funny is a lot of uh, probably Sky Sports journalists in general as well. You see him on Twitter talking a lot about this team is looking to do business. This team, uh, there's really vague tweets. Um, I, basically, I saying, love a vague transfer tweet. <laughs> Like trying to keep everybody interested until the last minute of deadline day for no good reason, really. We could all probably do with an extra half hour's kip. Um, well, probably an hour, really, for me. I, would, I don't mind getting into bed at ten if uh, if I can help it. But we've got to, we've just got to stick it out, haven't we? That's just that's the way it has to be. I mean, you know who I feel sorry for today is Craig Dawson because he has been up and down the M40 today. He's been coming to Wolves. He's not been coming to Wolves, and but the status quo hasn't changed. You know what I mean? He's still a West Ham player. It's it's just like yeah, you know, sometimes it's just fueling it sometimes. But unlike previous seasons when we've done this, it has kind of felt like you say things are happening, whether it's positive or negative in going out going, stuff's been happening today. And you know, not just that we've signed someone who's gonna be playing for Grasshopper Zurich next week as well. So um We'll do the ones which have actually happened and then we'll talk about ones which potentially might still happen with, you know, an hour and a half still to still to go. Um, first one, but I think it's a big one to um, to pull up and it's a one that surprised me most today. 
and Danny P's knocked it up in the comments, is what's our reaction to the shock departure of Flavio from the Wolves esports team? Has Jeff got to go? <laughs> it, you just knew that the esports team had to steal the headlines eventually, didn't you? Uh, we know where our priorities lie. Uh, for the brass ball, I know, I know, it, it, the timing can't be helped, but the brass ball stew out on transfer deadline day with the narrative around esports, with the narrative around Wolves, I tell you what, that, that is a throwing grenade level, level tweet. Um, it's clearly yeah. deliberate as well. It's clearly yeah. deliberate. They couldn't wait twelve hours. It's just no, it, it's no. so obvious. But <laughs> in genuine terms, if we've lost a player or they've departed for bigger and better things, that is a blow to the brand and the club, isn't it? I'm assuming. Like we've not like let him go willingly. I assume. Yeah. You know, any any esports fans out there, get in touch and let us know how big let, a story this is. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'd be I'd be keen to know. We're mocking it, but the, this could be as biggest uh, bigger outgoing as we've ever seen but what i want to talk about first is leander dendonka um who has moved to our rivals aston villa in what i think is a bit of a perplexing transfer to be honest because it feels like we're helping a rival as much as anything else um gully I, I i'll start with you first i mean player wise i know we've We've always been on sort of a relatively similar page in terms of what we think about Dendonka, but he is just a, I say, average player, and I don't mean that badly. He's just a good player and potentially underused in this squad. But do you think the time was right for him to, to move on? It's probably along the lines of what a few of the deals that we've made this summer, whereby players have kind of just come to a natural end to their time at the club, um, especially the likes of Cody, uh, Willy Bolly, um, Sace as well. You know, that, that back three, you know, in its entirety has disappeared. And the next man in line who wasn't really an asset that necessarily, you know, was, was an absolute imperative to retain was probably Dendonka. Um, I, I kind of tweeted out earlier that I think Dendonka is the kind of player who would keep you in a game but he's not going to win it for you. And I think that's kind of the job he's done, you know, throughout his time at Wolves. He, he was a bit of a slow burner to begin with. He didn't get into the team for a good few months. And you saw when he did that, he added a dimension. We had the extra man in midfield at that point. You know, the Jota Jimenez partnership, where he flourished off the back of it. Um, but he was there to kind of facilitate things rather than really take control of anything. And I think ultimately... Like you say, he served his purpose as a Wolves player and um, he's helped us become an established Premier League side and you can't knock him for that. It was it was a good transfer overall and, um, you know, I wish him well, aside from the fact he's gone to play for Villa. I was going to say, because how much did he officially sign for Wolves in the end? Because it feels like the fee is almost... Yeah, it's about 12, I think. He... Yeah, yeah, it's 12. So he's basically... Left for 12. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... Tom, do you ever think that he ever actually played in his best position in a wolf shirt, or what um, we deem to be his best position? Because I think that's always been a bit of a sticking point. As you know, he looks like he's a midfielder playing as a defender. He looks like a defender playing as a midfielder. You know, yeah, he had a, he had a spell. I mean, obviously there was the was it the second season we had when he was playing at um, 
at centre half uh, for a prolonged period of time, and then last season he had that bizarre wide right sort of advanced attacking midfielder hybrid bizarre role that um, that he tried to pigeonhole him into. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say he's, he was here long enough to I'd say have enough games in his in, in centre mid. Um, Granted, he's he's more of a six, isn't he? But he was he's probably often played as an eight. But you're not going to oust Neves from a six role, so you know you've got to take what you've got. I think um, I, I don't think you could say he's not had enough chances. Um, and like you say, he's not played badly. He's just could you tell me? Could you name three or four games where he's had like an eight or nine out of ten? Because I probably couldn't. But at the same time, I couldn't tell you many games where he's had like a four or five either. He's just that sort of between six and seven out of ten type player, really. Yeah. No, I get that. And I think, oh, I think I'll try to think of notable games he's played. I think um, that first season at Goodison Park, where he scored that, uh, you know, volley with the left foot stands out for me in terms of being a borderline complete midfield performance. And he's always someone who suffered from not exactly being a glamorous player, which when you're alongside Neves and Martinho, it's always going to be a struggle for him to stand out unless, because he's not, despite his size, he's never like the most physically imposing players either. Fair to say. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not overly happy it's happened, I'll be honest. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have kept him, I'll, I'll be truthful, but uh, especially because, you know, the last three games, Bruno's played three in the middle, hasn't he? So, yes. if you're playing two in the middle, it's less of a loss, you know, so... It's I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. Also, you've got the fact that you know we'll come up, probably come on to to Traore later, um, as in centre mid Traore. Um, you've got someone who's tried and tested in Dendonka, where he's taken a bit of a punt on someone who's who's been lower league of France. So it's it's one of those yeah. risk risk reward type type gonna, swaps. Yeah, let, let's talk about the transfer then, because at, at time of recording. We only have, I mean, this is hopefully going to change in the next like hours, we say, but we've only really got three senior central midfielders again in Neves, Nunes, and Martinho, with Connor Ronan and Hodges back up, you could argue. And that's a bit worrying, especially, say, for the first three games of the season, it's been a relatively flat three man midfield. It's been very much a three, hasn't it? And I don't know. I personally, I'd have kept him, and even if we, I'd have kept him even if we'd brought Traore personally. But maybe from the player's perspective, do you guys think that that would, you know, do you think that's something that then Donk would buy into, or do you think he'd very quickly find himself being fifth choice, which in a World Cup year, being a season pro, he might not, he might not want. Personally, yeah, I think you just knocked it straight in the head. I just think he's he he's going to be one of these guys who's like as I said last night, he's want to want to get want to get game time just so he knows he can cement that so the side he, himself in the side for Belgium because um, he, he's not um, irreplaceable for that team. You know, there are other people who can come in and play in his position for the Belgian national team, so he's going to want to be playing in a team week in week out. And at Aston Villa, he's got that chance. You know, I spoke to a few Villa fans today. They're desperate to get a player like him in there because they're struggling for... I know they've just signed um, the Benarek from Southampton, so they're a bit more stuck to centre-back, but 
they need players who can play in there so they can who can have a centre back option and a centre mid option because they're des- they're desperate for for players. And um, McGinn's really had a bad start to the season as well. So th- they want they want options. They want ability to change things around. And and that's something that they've lacked up there. So it's a good move for him. But I, as, as you said, Tom, I think it's, it's a bad move for us because we've weakened ourselves and strengthened the rival. I, it's an interesting one because I think you know, I live in the middle of kind of Villa country. I work with a lot of Villa fans and stuff. And I, I chatting to some today, I don't think they really know what they're they're getting in for in terms of Dendonka and it's quite telling that having been a seasoned kind of Premier League player for four years you're not really sure what mm. he is and what he does um, which partly I think is to do with the fact that we as a team and as a club have always kind of been system over kind of individual players anyway um, and, and the system is really kind of dictated uh, you know whose character characteristics kind of shone um, and the midfield is always going to be built around Ruben Neves and his passing range and, and maybe Moutinho kind of pulling the strings a little bit and stuff. Um, so then Docker was always kind of the odd one out. I would be very surprised if he turns out round and starts playing as a cover centre-half. And, I mean, they like to play a bit of a diamond in there, don't they, it seems. And really, he's got just as much competition in there as he probably would have had at Wolves, if you look at the fact that they've got Jacob Ramsey, who I think is a bit of a Steven Gerrard favourite. Douglas Luiz doesn't look like he's going anywhere at the moment. Uh, John McGinn is now the captain as well, lest we forget. Um, yeah. So he's not going in, walking into a situation where he's going to be an automatic starter unless they've kind of promised him that he might be. Um, the other question is, because I think Bubaka Kamara can actually play centre-half as well and whether he sits in, in the front of the back four um, in his place. But it, you know what? It's their problem to kind of solve now. I think we we should be looking at this as especially with the likelihood of a replacement actually coming in as a bit of an opportunity because you've got to create a pathway for people if you're going to bring people to the club at the end of the day um, yeah. and that's what we've done i think by moving Dendonka on yeah and i think you, you could argue that he isn't the most dynamic of footballers and i think that's always been something that's slightly held him back and that's very clearly what bruno large wants in the midfield when you look at nunes and when you look at um, the imminent arrival of um, Triore as well, but I was under the impression that, I say, in the last 24 hours anyway, that Donk was going to go to Villa essentially as a replacement for um, for Douglas Louise, and like I was a bit frustrated because like we had the chance to actually do one over on arrival there because uh, you know you you've got this triangle, you've got this sequence. Could have just waited until they saw Douglas Weiss and go, now we're not going to sell to you. I'd have almost rather we'd have sold them to Villa. No, so sold, sold them to Newcastle, sold them to Everton, and, you know, leave them with the shortcoming. Because now that, you know, there's an imbalance that we, we potentially had, to, we could have had all the cards, but now we've lost one and Villa have gained one and kept hold of one as well. And that's, a, that's frustrating for me. And, me being a pessimistic Wolves fan, I'm like, what if this trial ideal doesn't come off? And I know it's looking like he's, you know, we're going to get the announcement any minute now, but my head just goes, we, you know, is Martino's going to have 35 games this season again on both legs? I think you've seen from some of the dealings we've done recently, though, we're not a club that's going to look to burn bridges with other clubs. Um, yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, we do, we do most of our dealings in good faith. Because you never know when you're going to need a player off someone who might be available for you 
at a decent you know price opportunity etc etc um and whilst from our perspective as fans it might sound quite enticing that we can rub it in you know um on friday morning to all of our villa mates that you know what we had your pants down on that one didn't we blah 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 um and i think a lot of fans have been quite intent on uh, leads maybe picking up wank on that basis probably and um, i've never seen a bigger campaign for a player to move to another club from uh, his current set of fans um over a, over a transfer window than than that one but yeah the, the club i don't know whether it's a careful what you wish for kind of thing in terms of you know maybe we've got to just um rein it in a little bit on the uh, the banter side of things we don't want to become a banter club ever let's be fair mm. no we could no you know, never go full arsenal um most definitely. I mean, in terms of talking about sides who have, I guess, dealing with good faith, Nottingham Forest we've had dealings with over the summer, and we'll, we'll hopefully talk about Gibbs White and, um, and outgoings later on. Um, apparently, um, Villa won't, you know, what have they gained? 50,000 sideways passes. Um, maybe, yeah. Um there's a few backward ones in there as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you, you look his progress, the Donga's progressive passes. We looked at him at the end of the season, and it is genuinely upsetting to, to look at. It is, it is a lot of recycling, um, and but yeah, it fits in well then with the current system. Then, doesn't it? If it's all recycling, it's perfect yeah. for us at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Gets the wings good. come back a little bit, go forward yeah. again, back a little bit. I don't know yeah. how he didn't get a game yesterday. To be honest, I know this yeah. is it's ideal for him, wasn't it? <laughs> what what's the phrase you use, Gully? It's 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 a U. It's just like it goes up, we'll, up, round yeah. and back. Carve, carving yeah. the U shape into the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to pick up. I've got I've got Sky Sports' uh, feed up on my um, on my other screen, and Coventry City have done the novel thing of announcing that they've finished all their business. Um, so that all their fans can go to bed, basically, I guess, <laughs> which is uh, which is fair enough. I I do. Do you remember Leeds a couple of years ago um, when they they did an announcement at like nine o'clock, being like, "Stay tuned, Leeds fans. We might have some news coming." And it's like we've sold two of our players. <laughs> it was like two first team players. It was so it was so annoying. Um, Ken, sorry, I just need to come back at Stu just because his performance on last night's pod. Was slightly concerning because if you if you listen to what he said, he'd have had you selling every single player within our squad, and we'd have been left with literally the four of us probably turning up to play on Saturday. So, Stu, have a little word with yourself, mate, and uh, you know think about what you said. <laughs> anyway, right, um, Willie Bolly transfer um, again that. Much more so than Dendonk, because I think that was just an interesting transfer overall. That's felt like its relationship has come to an end. And it's a little bit sad, to be honest, because, Gully, I know you you put on Twitter on and your Molyneux Musings uh, tag about best defender since Jolien Lescott at his peak. And the decline's a bit sad for me, because he was bloody brilliant for us, but we kind of didn't get, we haven't been seen it in what a year and a half. Probably, but again, it's, it's that natural conclusion yeah. to a player. 
uh, who has served as well. You know, unbelievable in that championship season and the first season back, I'd say, as well um, in the in the Premier League in that 2018-19 campaign. I mean, he, he's probably the ideal player to kind of slot into that back three system that uh, Nuno brought in because I'd, we had Ryan Bennett in there, we had Cody, but we needed probably a centre-half who was going to genuinely be uh, of, of a class that was way too good for the level um, yeah. to, to really cement our place in there. If we'd have had, I don't know, um, it might be Courtney, Courtney House. Well, Miranda or Courtney House was probably one of the other players that could have slotted into that space. Would we have been as formidable? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but you just knew that he was way too way too good for the championship. And it was that calmness on the ball that I think really struck everybody. He was so relaxed mm. and Cody spoke of the fact that, you know, he has to be on his case a little bit during games and things and he was a bit too laid back at times. But at the same time, when he when he when the level went up, so did he. And uh, you know, that, that seventh place finish, you know, a lot of it was down to him in, in that defence really turning up the the performance levels. Yeah, um Tom, I'm guessing sort of similar thoughts from yourself to be honest. It's I guess to say just a shame that He's really not had much of a feature in the last, you know, particularly last season. He, he really struggled to find any any form of fitness, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I, I I just remember back to that Norwich game last season and Pookie just running ragged. And that, at that point, you're thinking, yeah, OK, I think I think your time's up there. Um, but yeah, echo what Gully said, I, you know, what a signing, what a player, like absolute colossus. Um it's just a beast. Uh, everything dominant in the air, great on the ball. Uh, never let anyone round him, past him, things like that. You know, it was hard to remember him at too many errors, early doors. Um, you know, he was just he was just the perfect player at the perfect time for us. And yeah, just just like um, you know, head, head injuries done for Raul. I think COVID did for Bolly, and he just wasn't the same since since that alleged long COVID. Again, that Burnley game, his first mm. game back, I think after it. I mean that's probably one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from a centre half. It was it was so bad. Lucky what well, lucky it's like he wasn't even there, sort of thing. So um yeah, I don't think we're gonna miss much by not having him. Although I think I would want a replacement in. I d I wouldn't want to go into the the season with um Toti Mascara as three and four. So it's a shame the Dawson deal didn't come off because I think it'd have been a good addition. Yeah. Um I say that but Pulls on nicely to, I guess, another transfer rumor. But I think uh, Jafo we spoke about yesterday about um, Jason Denier um, in the Nominative Determinism Club. Um, do you feel that that moves very much more likely now that um, I say the Dawson one's not not going to come off? Yeah, it felt like um, going into today that the Dawson one being the main one made a lot of sense. You know, he's got he got a lot more um, Premier League experience and 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 probably would have been even though denies on a free probably still would have been cheaper because his wages probably would have been a little bit lower and 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 the situation with that because uh, he's a little bit older. Um, but it's somebody that can that can that can target now. Um, I mean, there was reporting the other day that it was it was serious conversation so it was quite a way down the line so and, and we can sign to, uh, free agents up to a certain point after the window anyway so we're not rushed to get it done today um but yeah it's, it's somebody that should definitely be looking at um and if there is concrete interest he, he's going to offer a lot to the squad because he's got a lot of experience he's played champions league games 
you know, he's, he's, he's played in good teams in France. It seems like a no-brainer, really, um, on, a, on a free as well. He'll only have experience, and that would be fantastic to, to substitute in with our guys. You know, we're still quite young, Kilman and Collins. So adding that in, you know, he's only going to bring them up and help them improve. Yeah, good. Am I right in thinking he can also provide a bit of cover at fullback as well? Have I made that up? No, I think he can. Uh, I think he's played in a bit of a, a holding role as well. I think he's, he'd be okay at fullback, but probably limited as most centre halves that, that kind of fill in that position tend to be. But um, yeah, I, I think the the loser in that situation in terms of body moving on is definitely Mascara. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think he really could do with just a full season of football. I think the last time he probably did that was back in Colombia. I don't even know how many games he actually played uh, when he was back in Colombia. Um, so it's disappointing for him because I don't see him necessarily getting too much game time. Totti is, is very much the third choice here, and I'll be pretty comfortable with with Totti coming into the team as as and when required. But Mascara is a bit of an unknown quantity to us all. I think at this yeah. Point, but... to, to to update you on. Um... His uh, Mosquera stats, he's essentially only played like 16 career games. 17, if you he played in the League Cup for us once last season. Um, he played 16 times in essentially a year a year of football um, for 2020 and 2021. Um, so 26 in total, including some um, tournament games um, over in Colombia. So... It's not an awful lot of experience, and I appreciate it. it's difficult to break into a team and to you know have that balance between experience and form and things like that. But you say it's on who needs a loan, and I yeah. think the um, oh, sorry, I, I, just, a... I, I had a gem from the from the deadline day stream. It's not a transfer, well, it is a transfer. We probably already know by now, everybody, that uh, Martin Dubravka has gone to Man United on a season long loan, yeah. But, his agent has tweeted uh, saying congratulations on the move and all that. His agent being the one and only Cherno Samba of Championship oh, Manager fame. No. Who, who knew that? Who knew that he'd, he'd oh. made a career out of the game? I'm so glad for him because oh. I'm sure many of us are very appreciative of his efforts. Uh, for their <laughs> yes, team on I the was going to say, he, yeah. he's, del- he's delighted many an evening alone. <laughs> but, oh, that's, it's always nice yes. when you hear a name like that. It just pops up out Absolutely. of nowhere. Oh, no, I appreciate that. Um, in, so in terms of incoming signings, fingers crossed. I mean, we don't need to sign Denier tonight. Um, I believe anyway we can still sign him after the window closes because it's a free transfer. Personally, I'd like to get it done just in case someone else because yeah. there seems to be a market for another centre-half from about basically I think all the clubs who are competing for you know, arguably top six outside of the top six. So us, West Ham, Leicester, Villa, um, all seem to be on the lookout for another centre-half. And if Craig Dawson ain't going, I know Vestergaard's... Has Vestergaard moved now? I know it was in talks of him moving um, at one point. You know, there's a clear mark. He wasn't in the squad today. He wasn't in the squad tonight. So, And they've just just blown the finals today and they've lost... 1-0 1-0 mm. the M6 to Wolverhampton I assume at this point <laughs> yeah. 
There's there's loads of there's loads of teams have either signed a centre half or after a centre half. Um, I think Southampton were um, looking at getting that Chaletta Sari we were linked to last summer. Yeah. Um, obviously West Ham were looking for cover. Leicester needed someone to cover for Farna, who went. Villa were after someone. I mean, you, would you put it past Forest to try and sign Denier after the window closed? Let's face it, they sign everyone else. I think you just. I think you leave yourself. You leave yourself open to the teams all panic that they don't think they've got enough business done. And we're yeah. obviously going to be in that boat now. So, like you said, I completely agree, Rich. The sooner you get it done, the better, really. Well, they're yeah, on twenty three now, aren't they, Forest? Yeah. Yeah. Sergio, yeah, Aurier is about to be confirmed. It's crazy. It's mad. How many did Blackpool sign in that one season? Was it Blackpool? And they couldn't Blackpool. register them or something. They signed too many that they couldn't even register anymore. I think it was Blackpool. I might be wrong. It's like, how's that possible? I say, how's it possible? It's such a must be such a Herculean task for them. How do you integrate twenty three players into a squad? Honestly, I've been trying to work it out, and I couldn't be asked to do the maths. They've signed twenty three in one window. How many windows is that for Wolves to sign a senior first team player? It must be about. Four or five. Yeah, it's, you can't even class it as doing a Fulham anymore because they've probably doubled what Fulham signed in that one yeah. season. Yeah, it'll always. It's well, just, as long as I get, as long as I get relegated, it will now be doing a well, Forest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they've, re- they've renamed it at least. Yeah. So big deal through the door, which is Arthur has joined Liverpool from Juventus on loan. That's confirmed now. Also, Neves is staying then. Happy days. Well, yeah, yeah. Somehow, um, Arsenal fans will link that to Neto joining them. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. It's a really convoluted way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get that Neto rumor. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't understand why Arsenal necessarily. It seemed just come about because Neto's quite good at football. Because they, well, they already have not, players not based on the way he's position. played this season. Jesus. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's my, he is he is impressively managed to play his way out of a transfer. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he, I think he might have done actually. Yeah, that's fair. He's, at the moment, he's playing, he's playing his way out of a freaking World Cup spot at this. Yeah, as well. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's trying hard enough to play his way out of a Wolves shirt at the moment. It's just lucky that we don't have the players. Mm, um, let I was going to say. So we've talked defenders. Um, Essentially, who's going to replace Bolly? Let's talk about the potential replacement for Leander and Donka. It feels like it is going to happen any minute. Um, to be honest, as I sort of said, um, but after sort of it feels like weeks, doesn't it? Um, but we finally agreed, as far as I'm aware, a deal with Mets to sign Babaku Traore on a season-long loan with the option of around a 11 million transfer at the end of it um again he seems to tick all the boxes for a dynamic midfielder that we don't necessarily have right now um good goody do you have much of a lowdown do you have much of a spark on him at the moment um he's sort of happy with it at the moment just uh one in from Steve, itk Stu. um he was our roving reporter tonight um but yeah a man, a man very familiar with a purple dildo <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not get into that into that side of Stu's life. Um, yeah, I, I I can't say I know too much about it personally. Um, general, you know, reaction is to run to FB ref these days uh, for this kind of stuff, and I think you can see 
from the, the metrics that he's a very intense footballer. He offers a lot in terms of pressure on the ball. And I think the, the best way to look at it is you want him to retain some of the characteristics of Dendonka's game, and you hope he does in terms of that running power, a um, bit of a physical presence, um, getting about the pitch, but then probably build on that in terms of his ability on the ball uh, to make things happen and, and, and carry it, perhaps. Um, so I guess it remains to be seen. I, I, I'm happy with the fact that it's only an option to buy, it seems, as well. Um, so if he is a bit of a dud, then uh, we've got we've got that get-out clause. Um, it might be the case, I don't know, that if he plays a certain amount of games, we have to fulfil uh, fulfill that as well, though. So let's see. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see us sign another player who isn't from the Mendes stable again, who we appear to have done quite a lot of diligent work on uh, from a recruitment and scouting perspective, um, because that's not always appeared to be the case on the face of it anyway. Um, I know people like to reference the 5,000 player database that uh, I think uh, Scott Sellers might have come out with once upon a time. Um, it's down to 4,999 now, so um, we better we better fill it back up with somebody else. One less to worry about. I mean, I'll see if I can uh, quickly share... I do, I do have his um, his FB ref stats actually, and I mean, a lot of it I think makes for interesting reading, and it very much sums up what you've you've said. To be honest, uh, yeah, very high in dribbles completed, which is great. Very high in pressures, tackles, and blocks, which again seems to be the sort of thing that we're after. Someone who can play with a bit of intensity and snap at the heels. Passing completion, passing attempts, both quite low and so's. The stuff in the final thirds regarding goals and assists as well. So, does do you feel he is very much that replacement for Dendonka, but gives us that slightly different edge that I think we've all missed from him, um, Tom? Um, yeah, I can't say I know a lot about him to be honest I mean someone in like me with those metrics I mean Jafo you might be the one for this but mm-hmm. surely his pressures and tackles are higher because he's in a team that are lower down the league and his progressive passes assists goals and things are obviously low because again he's at a, a team down the bottom or has it worked out as a sort of percentage based or against well, similar players well to a degree yeah I mean it's, it's down to the fact that it, they are under a lot more pressure as a team and they are playing on the back foot um, the one thing that that we haven't had this season is somebody within that within that um, metric. He's, he's performing quite well. He's in, in terms of pressures. Um, Worryingly enough, the guy who who has been top of the pressures table for the last couple of weeks outside the top six is uh, Joao Polinia. Um <laughs> and that's something that we we haven't done. Is we haven't played so much on the front foot through midfield. Um, I think as you alluded to the other day, Gully, and, and we joked about earlier, is that we are playing in this sort of U-shape uh, and that's where our pressures and, and play are coming from. And there's not much coming through the middle of the park, which is which is worrying because we have three very, very good, talented midfielders, especially somebody in Ruben Nevers who can put a lot of good pressure on against a lot of interceptions and tackles as he's done in the last few years. Um, so to bring somebody in who can do that and, and put and and be another option and help us control a game in, in, in it, where we've struggled in the last couple of years is good because um, we've we've allowed ourselves to come under pressure in a lot of games and I think essentially you can go back to certainly Newcastle last season uh, when 
Joel Linton and Gamaris run the show and we got absolutely dominated in, in midfield because there was no ability to put pressure on them. Mm. It's somewhere where we where we can improve and bringing in somebody who's got such good stats in there, hopefully that will translate to the Premier League. I think sometimes yeah. you, you, you have to accept though that there are players that are better without the ball and there are better play, players that are better with the ball. Um, forgive me for harking back a few years now, but I always remember like... Dave Edwards' best spell, I thought, as a Wolves player, was in a midfield with um, Kevin McDonald and Jack Price. He kind of sat behind the striker in that Kenny Jacket mm. team. And essentially, there was no onus on Dave Edwards to get involved in build-up play and things because you had two really tidy midfielders sat behind him who could progress the ball into our dangerous strikers. And essentially, Dave Edwards' job was to run about and get on the end of things. He tended to get dragged at about 70 minutes, I think, in those times because he probably absolutely run himself into the ground but then when you saw him play a little bit deeper probably you're talking more like Paul Lambert days and um, you know that season where he was there's more responsibility on him to actually make the play you know he really showed up his limitations as a player so you'd hope that with Troy Ray, while clearly his off the ball work appears to be very good that if we do get into situations where there are games against like the likes of Bournemouth, he's not going to be a negative for our possession game, like Dendonka probably would be in that sort of situation. I yeah. see a point. Like Pogba made that point, didn't he? He said, like people are saying, he plays great for France. He's got Kante behind him. Kante yeah. does all the running, all the dirty work, and it lets Pogba do what the hell he wants, basically, because you've got someone behind there you know he's just going to cover you. So... I think yeah, it is good. To, I think every player needs a team like that, and we haven't had that for a while, really, have we? Um, you know, sort of Owen harks back to it, like the Alfred and Die sort of role. Um, I think a, a team needs to play like that every now and then. And like I say, if he's running around putting pressures on and stuff, and we're, you know, we're behind in a game or we're chasing a game or we want to hold on to a game, it's probably a good player to bring off the bench as well. Well, that's one of the things we've been poor at this season is we've allowed we've allowed teams to play through our middle too easily. And there's a few times where you've seen that, that especially at, I remember it, talking about Newcastle again, but especially against Newcastle, they, we allowed them to progress the passes. There was three or four passes through our midfield and into the wide areas for them to create opportunities and create chances. And that's where we, we've got to improve. And it, 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 and if it's something that they've really focused on and noticed and, and as a club, they've said, OK, we need to cut this out, then that's great because then they're using the what's obviously there and needs to be improved. Um but it's 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 something that we've got to do. We've got to make ourselves hard to play against. I mean the one thing that we're we're poor with is we don't have a very good home record. You know, we need to have th- this sort of fortress Molyneux and getting in players like this should hopefully help us to create that and to create a um a a um you know, a defensive solution to allow our very, very good attacking players to go out there and create chances and score goals. I think there's there's two ways to look at it, though, which is we've always been a pretty good team at picking the ball up on the back foot. Someone like Traore, you'd like to think because maybe he's got um, that mobility and that kind of, you know, natural athleticism to press he'll allow you to win the ball on the front foot. And that's something we're really not good at. I think we've tried. I've seen Neves kind of pressing centre-halves, you know, already at points in this season. And while 
it's it's game and it's a uh, a good effort to actually have that intention. He's not physically built to have that kind of sharpness in acceleration to go and snap into tackles when you know he, he arrives at that situation. So you know, probably prime example is someone like Kante. His ability to to shift his feet so quickly and get in snap into a tackle allows him to actually make those situations work. You know, there's one thing reading it, but sometimes you just haven't got the physical capacity to actually do that kind of stuff. So you'd hope, you know, when the ball drops into, I don't know, the deepest midfielder in the opposition and Traore's onto him as quickly as he possibly can, you know, it's going to stop them playing. We win it in a higher place up the pitch. And then you're, you're creating a situation where, as we know, we're not good against deep set defences, but you've got much less to, to kind of contend with in, with our attacking players and players like Neto and that can actually take advantage from those situations. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's where where we we've struggled is trying to win the ball up up the pitch, 15, 20 yards further the pitch to try and create these quick transitions and try and quick quick counter attacks because we've got talented players who can do that, who can who can benefit from that. Like you say, Neto get the best out of it, um, Pedence um, get us now, and these guys will benefit from a little bit more chaos being created, especially in the final third, and it and that's sort of what we've we've struggled with is 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 having these sort of like quick uh, transitions and quick methods of players because we've been overplaying a lot this season and and to, to to create things that are just off the cuff that's that's going to be where we score a lot more goals and that's where we're going to create the create the chances to to allow us to score more goals which is one thing that we've been poor at because like I say we've been overplaying and drawing out play so winning the ball, say like you say, 20, 20 yards further pitch is going to be great for us. Definitely, um, I think one of the things that always hits me is when we're playing that deep. Is it knackers the players out because they quite literally have to run more of the pitch to progress the play? So mm. it, de- it definitely, um, it definitely ticks all the boxes. And hey, it, you hope that we can kind of end up going to. I say a two-man midfield in, in, for majority of games. I mean, you've got reasonable career side of, you know, Nevers and Nunes, let's say. Um, Stu does ask a very good question. Now it looks like we're going to have uh, two Traores. How will they be preferred to? Uh, he's, Stu suggested for Boob and Matip makes sense to him. Um, I mean, Adama essentially goes by his first name, doesn't he? It's, it, it, it's ubiquitous with him. You know, if you say Adama, you know, you know who he is. So, and and funnily enough, we know there's there's many Adama. There's not just one Adama trial yeah, already, no. but there is just one Adama. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I was saying, I'm right, thinking Hull City of Sergeant Adama trial already. Yeah, recently. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, you find them, you'll find them. Stu would probably rather swap him for that one. No, yeah. <laughs> I think that's an intro. I mean. I guess in, so it kind of drags us on nicely to the window as a whole. Before kind of you know we look through who we've signed and um, who we've sold. Do you think the best bit of business that we've done is on who we've actually kept hold of in Ruben Neves? Do you think actually that is the highlight of the window, even beyond signing Mateus Nunes, for example? Yeah, uh, I put them on the same level. I think. Well, I know we haven't seen much from Nunes yet. I'm I'm sure it'll. It'll click. Um, I think they're both big statements. I think, or I can't decide if if 
if there was just no one who really came in for Neves, to be honest. Yeah. Would it have been I, I a bigger statement? Yeah. Would it have been a bigger statement if he just signed a new contract? Nevis? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. different, I think. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. more of a statement than him actually staying. Um, part of me feels a bit... I shouldn't be. Part of me feels a bit guilty that he's still playing for us, to be honest. Especially watching that bag of shit last night. Um, like, I feel like he shouldn't be playing for us, basically. Playing that sort of shite. He should be up the top. You know, look at what Jota's done. He could walk into any team in the league, as far as I'm concerned. Um you know, and he's given us what this will be six years of service, will it be? I mean, that's incredible, really. I mean, what a guy. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I mean, if you just said you could generate the cash that we've generated this this summer without selling Neves, I'd have said you were laughing. Um, and you could, or Neves, Neto, um, Kilman, Aitnori, you know, managed to keep all of those, but still generate, what, 65, 70 mil? Um, you know, I'd, I'd potentially Cody going off the back of that at the end of the at the end of the season you know it's been a pretty good season for outgoings to be fair sorry guys just a couple of Premier League deals gone through uh, Southampton signed another child uh, as is the way um, they've got a football manager and board re- requests is clearly signed players under the age of five um, <laughs> Juan Larios from Man City uh, Spain under 19 fullback and also uh, everything is completely signed of James Garner from Man United. I thought, it's proper I proper any... Lampard signing that. It's not it? what they need, is it? It's so it's Frank it's, Lampard. It's, yeah. it's just not what they need. Not what they're doing. That's a funny one. I mean, that there's a bit. Of a, I was going to say, I feel a bit. Well, I'm, I'm very hypocritical, aren't I? You know, I can't be really slate or slate Everton's transfers and stuff like that when I look at our ship at the moment. But I think the Wolves have almost stuck to a plan this year and you know what we've got rid of quite a few players um whether it's releasing them or moving them off the books but you look what Wolves have done in terms of signing Nathan Collins um getting in uh Guedes getting in Nunes and getting in um Kaladic that's a spine of a team we've in, improved and I think definitely on paper, all of them improve our first 11 and improve on positions as well, which isn't something we're really familiar with in the last well, few years at Wolves in terms of the number of signings. I mean, I can't remember if Huang technically falls under this window or whether it was in the January transfer window. I can't quite remember how it financially how it sits in the end. But in terms of the players who've come in, you throw in a centre cent- midfielder, which should happen you throw in potentially a defender which should hopefully happen in denier on the face of it if you step away from i guess the feelings around the club's performance at the moment that's a solid transfer window right yeah it feels, it feels like a good evolution which is what we needed yeah. i think that that was it was more of an evolution more than a revolution that we needed and, and and these players have come in alongside a lot of the stalwarts who are still there. I mean, you've like you said, Moutinho is still here, Neves is still here, Jimenez is still here. So there is it feels like more like a a past a cha- um like a changing of the guard. Like I know Moutinho eventually will leave. Jimenez is gonna you know, he's looking like he's not the same player that he was. So bringing in these players alongside who we've already got is good because it, it feels like a natural progression rather than shipping players out, losing five or six players bringing seven players in and being in the same sort of boat as what, what Forrest are doing. Um, 
feels a little bit more natural and feels like you know we're, we're progressing with an ethos of the club and 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 we've got like sort of a rolling production line of bringing through players now which is good um and and like you say it's like the spine of a team these players they, they can take the time to integrate and they can you know be brought into the team as, as slowly as possible you know, there's no pressure on Nunez now to come in and, and be this fucking world beater. Isn't it? There's no pressure on him. Um, like unless initially, he, to, a degree, unless, to a degree. Unless you listen to, to Little Dan uh, talking about yeah. it, the podcast where we where we kind of in, discussed it. Because then there's a lot, a lot of pressure based on that one, I think. It's, it's a lot of money, but like I say, it, 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 because we've got a certain amount of players still there, I know we're still a bit short in midfield, but we've still got a certain amount of players there, so we can rotate him in and out of the squad. And 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 Sasha hopefully will give the the, the fireworks to Jimenez to get, get him going again. So we've got a decent squad depth now, which is the one thing that we, we were crying out for at the first game of the season. I mean, I, we are now a far cry from that bench at Leeds. And... That's something that that's been addressed, and something that needed to be addressed, and and the club should really be applauded for that. Um, definitely, because you know we've we've moved forward and we've 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 progressed. Yeah, I think on the face okay. of it, if you look at it as uh, compared to well, when was last time we had a really good transfer window? You're probably talking the season we came up, uh, yeah. But the bar was so much lower in terms of the quality within the squad automatically bringing in the likes of Matinho, Patricio, um, was going to just lift the level to such an extent. Mm. So we were working from a higher place right now. So it's naturally going to be more difficult to bring in the players to improve on that. But I think we've done it. Um, my bigger issue at the moment, I think from what I've seen so far with Nunes especially, is he's not being used in the role I would have expected him to uh, so far. He seems to be the one who's being asked to hit the box, get on the end of things and score goals when I think his season of goal tally high at the moment is like three or four um, from sporting. He's only had a couple of seasons really of, of top level football um, and asking him to then do a job that doesn't appear to be a natural fit for him is a bit bit of a strange one and um, so I, I hope to see him probably starting a little bit deeper going forward but yeah um really when you think about the likes of Kaladzic um you know he's he's a, he's got a pedigree to speak of and um, Nathan Collins for me I think he's an absolute true in to be a top class centre half already mm. for the next three four years um and for what all the Burnley fans were telling us yeah, bigger bigger teams will come looking, um, because he he does appear to just have that knack of absolutely locking off strikers, very commanding and physically kind of dominates players as well, and good on the ball. Um, I think I had a look at the FB rest stats from the Bournemouth game, and I appreciate he had a lot of the ball and things, and it wasn't necessarily as penetrative as you would like it to be, but. He completed 733 yards of progressive passes in that game, which I don't think I've ever seen a figure that high. Um, so you know, 86 out of 87 completed passes, something like that. Really, really tidy player. And I think we've got a centre-half pairing for at least two to three years that uh, we can rely upon. Yeah, it's a major plus point at the start of the season. That is like those two. I mean, we look better than we did with three at the back. 
which is like 100%. mad really yeah, that like, was the fear. Yeah. That was the fear as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the right personnel and you can play that system, no problem at all. The the the, the areas that we've made at the back have come from the from the fullbacks, centre halves. Okay, he's had a yeah that shaky moment against Newcastle and what have you. But again, I think we were warned to that. You know, he's still quite young. Um, but him and Kilman look quality, and then you got to put you know put Sar in behind that a commanding you know goalkeeper. Um, they run forward as well. They they bomb forward. I think yeah. it was by the court. It was by the corner flag about the 85th or sixth minute last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Collins was. I was probably just getting pissed off that they're all so shit ahead of him. But um, you know, it's nice to see you know defenders coming out with the ball. Obviously, you know, Cody would never have done that. Um, Stace likes to come forward and have a ping from about sixty yards, but that was about the extent of what he did when he was going forward with the ball. So um, yeah, quality, really, really, really good. And if you think we've Think of the players that have gone out. So we've lost what Marcel, Bolly, Cody, uh, Sace, um, Gibbs White, Donk. You know, let's face it, they're not. You know, in the players you replace them with, they, they weren't. They weren't like you know, quality quality members of that of that team. Um, so as a window, I think it'd be it would be feeling so so much better about things if obviously we just didn't have such a bad start to the season. But we'd be calling it a, like a, a nine out of ten window for me. Um, but ultimately, proofs in the pudding. So if the players don't perform, it's been not been a good window, has it? So you can only say at the end of the season. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's the, that's the awkward thing about we sort of saying. Well, I, I I I will never say to you guys, don't worry. How would you review this transfer window out of ten? Because, well, you know, if we, if we lose the next five games, then it, it, it's kind of indicative, isn't it? But on paper, and at the moment, so. I don't think we can be too displeased. The the manager's very clearly been backed. All the players, you can see with literally all the players who have come in, they've come in for a reason. And there's like a logical step to them improving this team. Or, And again, it's not even just about replacing them. Because for me, if we bring in Jason tonight, he is essentially a replacement for Marcel Stash Sace. In terms of experience figure in the team, arguably going to be third choice and he knows that role and you can drop him in when you need and that's fine but all the rest you say at the you know current levels collins is you know collins is an upgrade on bolly now which is what we want <laughs> nunez again he he's essentially an extra you could argue he is the upgrade on Dentonka if you wanted to. They're basically playing in the same position at the moment, as you said, Dan. They're both having to play on that right-hand side and break into the box as as, as well. Kaladnic, again, he's an additional player. You could argue maybe he's a replacement for Silva, who we'll definitely circle back onto in a couple of minutes' time. But oh, between last transfer window and this transfer window... We've essentially secured the spine of the team when you include Saar as well. Because Saar was the major one from last season's trans- summer transfer window. And you go, that's that's just solid. And we know we've got decent enough players out wide when they fancy it. Like Samedo, like Nori, like Neto. I know we joked he's having a bit of a pants start to the season, but there's quality there. I don't know, just I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what's coming so far you can argue slightly different on some of the outgoings so there's a long list there's obviously a few who we released we released Ruddy, Sace and Marcel 
we won't go over old ground too much on those because I think we all understood that they come to the end of their Wolves career, um, so to speak. The Nagras move was made per, um, to Sporting Lisbon. We've had a few of our developmental players um, go out on loan, the likes of Giles and Sanderson, both championship clubs in um, Middlesbrough and Birmingham City. Um, and I guess the first major transfer around Wolves outgoing was Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva's low move to uh, Anderlecht in Belgium. I was a bit frustrated with that at the time because I thought there was potential for him to play this season. Do you still? I, I know kind of good of you have similar similar Sorry. thoughts in you know let I've, Don I've, Fabio play, but gone. I've got to stop stop you there. Ryan Bennett has cancelled his contract at Swansea. He's now a free agent. Bring Ooh, nice. Him. There's, there's your backup centre half right there, boys and girls. <laughs> scrap it, scrap Jason. Let's forget everything I've said for the last 55 minutes about getting him in. Bring Bennett back. Jack's not here now, so he's fine. fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good, good, good. Took that, took that shirt in, boys and girls. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but as you've. Now we've had a bit of time. Fabio Silva's played a few games. Are you still disappointed he's not in this squad? Or do you think that that low move is overall what's best for him, especially now that we've got in um, Sasha Kladnic? Both, really. We'd have won last night if he'd have played. I put, I put significant money on that. He'd have bagged that one that Jimenez missed and probably another one or two. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is what he needs, to be fair. He needed a whole season. It's like Mascara he needs a whole full season of football. And he's and you know, he's he's um Bandelic fans absolutely love him. He started really, really well. Um I'd like to have seen what they've done in these these opening five games because you know, it, you know, obviously Raul wasn't fit for the first two and he's not been he was average at Newcastle and obviously he's been he was pretty terrible last night, so um, I think it is. I think he's done quite well in this team currently. But then again, I th- hopefully that's uh, the uh, Kladnic should hopefully be our, our number one going forward. And I think he hopefully he'll he'll hit the ground running. I was I was pining for Fabio last night. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Jesus, like Raúl, mate. I mean, I was very angry with him last night. I've simmered down a little bit since then, but just the uh, absolute. Insistence on losing the ball every time it came up to him was infuriating, and I think that's the most disappointing part of his game at the moment. I, I can deal with him not scoring, but you know when the ball's coming up to you and um, you know Chris Meppham and uh, Lloyd Kelly are getting a better you better of you every single time you look to turn away with it or hold on to it. It's just it's so disappointing, and you know everything breaks down from there because he's your main man. Mm. He's the he's the focal point in the team. Um, yeah, you could do all the good work um, you want in progressing the play um, from the other parts of the pitch. But if your striker isn't offering anything whatsoever, you, you really are carrying a passenger. Um, and you, to an extent, you might be able to do that in other parts of the pitch, but not there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it really still frustrates me in hindsight that we didn't give Fabio more minutes last season. Because I think yeah. if he did get it, you'd almost be talking about him actually being our number nine. You know, starting number nine this season, so yeah. Hopefully, Sasha comes in and, and shows Raúl what level is required. I think because, um, like I say, he's not he's not necessarily had the competition to kind of force him into 
you know, booking his ideas up. And I mean, first things first about Kalajic. What a nice bloke. Like, I'm sure we all watched his um his really gentle giant of a man, isn't he? Honestly. Yeah. Like the way I, I mean everybody knows each other in football really, don't they? And you assume a bloke who scored the goals he has in the Bundesliga, at least our players would be aware of him. But he's still insist- and he's six foot seven, I mean, for a start. But he's still insisting on walking up to everybody and saying, Hi, I'm Sasha, nice to meet you, as if he was like a nobody. Like, <laughs> I, I have always just... found that very interesting when it comes to footballers though um, we presented Richard Stearman with like a fancast player of the season t-shirt an ungodly amount of years ago now and like we're doing it by the side of a tunnel like before they even do the warm-ups and he comes out you know media guy pulls him over and he goes oh, hi I'm Steers and we're like, I was like well, yeah, we fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a human. It's just human, isn't it? At the end of the day, and it's it's just lovely. It's just it's just wholesome, isn't it? And was that was that him like passing the ID check that you were going to do? I yeah, like, I'll, some, I'll, I'll... some imposter turned up to take yeah. the oh the fan cast to come in today. Let's send the body double. How how will we know it's really him? Yeah, but yeah. um Completely agree. I mean, you, you talk about Raul, Raul pre-injury. He didn't really have much competition. You know, it's Bonatini's... Is Bonatini still on our books? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've not yeah, seen yeah. him, have we? He's got half an hour left. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's... <laughs> that's, the, that's the deal of the day we need to, to see come through. That's uh, what's going to uh, keep us awake tonight. Okay, right. <laughs> Quick bets. Where is he going to end up? Is he go? Is he going back to Saudi Arabia? Will he find a cushy one in Portugal? New, let, fucking. Let, let's go with Nuno. Yeah, fuck up with Nuno. Perfect yeah. job for the boys. We seem to have stopped doing deals with the uh, Famalicao, haven't we? I thought that was kind of the dumping ground for a little while. Yeah. And the Al- Ality had sands right up the street, doesn't it? Yeah. He's done that before, I think. Yeah, I think that we signed Red him Bull. off. Yeah, yeah, we signed him from a Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Al-Halal, that's oh, it, yeah. Okay. So he's got yeah. connections. It will be perfect for him. But, you know, essentially, you were right when we were saying about that was the best transfer window of year. We signed Raul. The calibre of the difference was astonishing, particularly in Raul to Bonatini. But I guess they tried to give him competition in his second season with somebody else who's uh, moved permanently, which is Patrick Catrone, who's um, gone over to Lake Como. I mean, could you put that down as well? For is, worse, he, is he playing for Lake Como? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> he's going he's, to he's join, he's join the sailing team, yeah? <laughs> can, can you imagine? Yeah, we, we don't actually want you to play football for us. Can you steer a boat, though? <laughs> um, would you put it down as one of the worst ball transfers of all time? It's got to be, hasn't it? Really, so for, the, for the for the money. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that beats Thomas Rankowski. He's the well, fan. Yeah, that's, that's it. Unless it's like, relatively speaking, Frankowski or Robert Taylor, because obviously the FVs are obviously gone have gone mad. But yeah, Jesus, what a flop! And we've got yeah. no money back from him. No, yeah. I mean, it, I, I believe there is a fee, but it's not been disclosed. Which screams it'll be less than nom- it'll be less than a million. It'll be next. It to screams nominal, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah, bad. Bad, bad, bad. I remember bad. being reasonably excited when we signed him, though. Yeah. Because Milan fans were gutted he was going. I always look at that as the my main sort of almost like skating sort of thing, really. If the opposition fans, the selling team's fans are gutted that they're going, then, you know, they've got to be half decent. But, um, yeah, I think that was a, a, that was a farewell job as well, to be fair. I mean, Many mistakes, but I was one of them. Considering Milan's trajectory since he left um, and Catrone's career trajectory, I think they've probably made the right decision, didn't they? Yeah, they've gone on to win a title for the first time in someone, quite a while. So, someone came out, I can't remember who it was, it might have even been Maldini, I think they were quoted saying, we were given a load of stick for selling uh, Catrone to Wolves and instead we invested uh, a few million in this kid from Portugal, i.e. Uh, Rafa Leal. And he's like pretty much saying, look at him now. Mm. Um, I'm sure that was this week I read. Um, and yeah, absolutely right. I mean, Liao was, he was, I'd have loved to have sign him, but we were linked a couple of years ago. But yeah, so that, that shit's well sold by now. Yeah, par- Sorry, apparently Chelsea, Chelsea had offered 80 million for Liao, they were saying on Sky Sports this morning. So <laughs> yeah. some of these players that we've been linked with, and we've looked at, you know, um, I think Edson Alvarez as well, who Chelsea had been linked to today. I think yeah. we were looking at him before he went to Ajax. Yeah. So we, we are skating in the right areas. It's just convincing people to come and join our project is yeah. the hardest part. There is, so, I think, a sadness about the Catrone story, though, because I think he, he was kind of pushed away from Milan as opposed to us going and really kind yeah. of convincing him to join. And for him... To have been kind of a bit of a local hero there at one point. He had a really good season the season before we actually he, signed him. Yeah. And to then go on the kind of downhill slope he has when he had a promising career. And um, yeah, you can understand why he might appear to be a bit moody around the club and things because it is a, what might have been kind of aspect to his time playing football. Now, I'm never going to begrudge a bloke kind of, you know, moving to Como uh, to play with Cesc Fabregas. Um, in, uh, I think Thierry Henry is a shareholder there now as well. Um, yeah. I think that was announced in the week. So I'm sure he'll enjoy himself. And he's, he's a Como boy as well, from what I understand. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, home-cooked meals by mom and all that kind of stuff. That'd be nice. Bit of pizza, bit of pizza bit and of pasta. pasta. Yeah, there we go. Did he, did he <laughs> come out? He likes neither. <laughs> yeah. no. At least we've done to death that that chance as well as much as anything else. Um, I guess I say two that happened in pretty quick succession was the Connor Cody loan move, which again it seemed that over the past six to twelve months, particularly. I mean, no longer than that, if we're going to be honest. Um, under Nuno's time, it seemed like it was starting to fray with him at Wolves. Um, particularly when he got subbed off against the Albion. And it felt very fractured at that point. And we kind of continued and it, it felt like it was time for him to move on, in my opinion, um, at, at that point. And yeah... It, my big thing is, yeah, we started the season not particularly well, but none of it is because of not being in the back five with Connor Cody. We, we, if anything, I'd, it feels like we'd be somehow worse off. I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel a lot better about it now. Um, I was always one of the, you know, I thought, well, is he going to revert to a 
two or three at the back against the bigger boys, you know, and revert to type. But um, he didn't against Spurs, so I can't really see it happening. Um, City's a write-off as it is anyway. I'll see what he says against City, but that's going to be a write-off as it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with it. Um, again, he was just a victim of the system change, wasn't he? Um, to be fair, so... Um, yeah, and again, I think like echoing what Goddy said earlier, it just felt like it was the end of his of his cycle of his time. And again, he served us really well. Still, still a legend in my eyes. Um, but yeah, the time was time was was uh, was there now for him to move on. Sorry, guys, I mean, I've got I've got a uh, interrupt with probably the best deadline day story that we've had. Bamba Dieng. I don't know if anybody's been following his movements today. Uh, Marseille yeah. player who is in the yeah. Yeah. So um, Leeds have been looking at a, a forward, I think, today. They obviously apparently had a bid rejected by us for Huang. Um, they were looking at Cody Gakpo uh, from PSV. And um, I think there was a disappointment that the Gakpo thing didn't happen. But Andrea, Andrea Radrizzani actually tweeted someone saying, um, it's disappointing about Gakpo, but let's get behind Bamba Dieng, who he, who he name-checked in the tweet that he was going to be joining the club. Now, Dieng was actually sat on a private jet in France, ready to kind of make the move over to to, to England to, to go and speak to Leeds. While he was on the jet, he got a call from Nice, who put in an offer and he decided that he'd rather go and join Nice. At the last minute, he's actually failed his medical to join Nice. <laughs> so he's ultimately going to end up not going anywhere whatsoever um, and, and stay at Marseille. So Leeds were gazumped only to then have him fail his medical and ultimately, I guess, have no forward signed at, at the end of this uh, transfer window. There is still time if you did want to pick up the phone for Huang, guys. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure Jeff's phone uh, is always on and ready to accept a call. He's on flight mode. Uh, Let's be honest. Je- Je- Jeff's, <laughs> Jeff's already knocked it in flight mode for the evening. He's he's driving back. Surely to for everyone mode. apart from Leeds. Surely from everyone apart from Leeds, clinging onto that fact, he can still sell Huang. Surely. Oh, just what a, what a day, Bamba Dienga's had the Jesus. I tell yes. you, it's a nightmare of a day in it. Um, before we do, before we talk about um, Gibbs why uh, let's talk about Huang because. You know, there's been some transfers that haven't happened, and that feels like it is one. I just feel sorry for him at this point. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I mean maybe. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. Uh, it's, it's not his fault shit. Yeah, it's not his no, fault. It's true. We're yeah. basically driving him out of a club, and it's because he's a bit crap. But, and I mean, if, if it's true. We genuinely rejected 17 million for him, which would have been no profit, as far as I'm aware, right? Like yeah. we've made we've made like a couple of million on the transfer fee. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't just cut your losses, because there's players out there for around that money, which I think could just do a better job who'd fit in with the system, or give you something slightly different to what he's doing anyway. I. I mean, I said this uh, probably a few days ago when the, the the talk of Huang potentially leaving first came out and there was a bit of a, a mob of fans on Twitter that it seemingly insisted on it happening. I just thought, fair enough, okay, maybe you don't want him to be a Wolves player just because you don't rate him and whatnot. But I still think at that point, 
when you looked at our forward options as a collective, Johan wasn't a detriment to that in the sense that, you know, he was taking something away by just being there. You know, he was. We, I think we see him as not being a starter, but he actually adds something slightly different anyway. I don't think Pedro Neto had a very good game at all against uh, Bournemouth. He wasn't really offering anything against a deep defence. And I'm not saying this as a, you know, Huang should be starting ahead of Neto kind of thing. But if you threw Huang on as a potential, with the way the game was going, in terms of crosses into the box, lots of penalty area action. And we've seen him just, you know, capitalise on little chances in Mm. the penalty area before. As a player who can potentially get on the end of something in the box for the last 10 minutes, would he have been a better option than probably Neto? Probably. You know, he's got a bit more of a knack to actually getting on the end of things than Neto has. So, while I agree he's not been a good signing, he's not an effective footballer to play 70, 80 minutes of a football match, I don't think losing him would have given us anything in terms of... Because we weren't going to bring anyone in, I don't think. I, I, no. mean, I don't think we ever saw no. anybody come in to replace him. And especially if you had the potential of someone like Adama just disappearing at the drop of a hat because he is really on the market. Um, so then you just got one less body. So while he's clearly having a bad time of it, and while I don't really want to see him playing a lot of minutes, there's no harm in him just being there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it is a shame. It is a shame. I agree. The flip side to that is, is his value going to be any higher than it is now? So he plays no minutes or he's worse, you know, he's, he's really, really shit. You're not going to get anywhere close to 17 million, are you? I am no um, waiting to be clipped up by someone saying Huang should have come on for Neto yesterday. But <laughs> I get, I get, I get the logic the because <laughs> you say Huang isn't, fe- isn't necessarily the most effective footballers, but he has a knack of getting in the right areas, which is more than you can say, frankly, about even Raul at the moment. He'd have done a better job with that chance that Raul had yesterday. I, I think he would yeah. have. I genuinely think he yeah. would have. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't think actually his finishing can be. I don't think. I can't think of any obvious chances he's missed. He's just right. got the world's worst first touch and he struggles to kick a football straight. But actually, when he's by the goal, um, <laughs> he's actually not too bad. But this is. The thing, and I, I guess it's not. It's not the right way to look at a forward player, but some players' best work is done <clears> off the ball. And the the runs that he makes kind of from the flank in towards the centre of the pitch are more dangerous than some others. Um, you know, Neto is naturally going to hang wide. He doesn't seem to make those runs in between fullback and centre off to get on the end of things. So if you do need to change it up, change the dynamic of the attack and have someone literally just say to him, just keep making runs in behind. I don't need to get involved in build, build up play. But you know what? A chance might come from you making those runs insistently. So keep doing it. See what happens. And like you say, I, I think his chance conversion is actually quite good. People people have misread his abilities totally. People the, the commentary around him is he can't hit, hit a barn door. It's not not the case. It's, it's absolutely not a fact. What you can say about him is he's not a good technical footballer. But you know, judge him correctly rather than just judging him by talking shit. I think is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he should have. He was. He should have been in the first game of the season against Leeds. He should have been the reason we won that game because he played exceptionally well. You know, he's he a did. big part of that goal. His hold-up play was brilliant. He brought in the white Pedence and Neto into the game brilliantly, and it's just 
our, what has been the story of our season so far, our individual areas meant that we didn't win that game. But <laughs> you, you, you change it. it. We win that game 1-0. Juan gets the assist. And then, you know, he should come away with the plaudits, but he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. So, like you say, the good things that he does do, which is, his, like you say, his off-the-ball work and, and, and linking up play, creating space for other people to run into, that he's... Um, you know, he gets he gets a lot of stick and abuse from from people who who want him to be this this guy who, who runs with the ball 20, 30 yards and smashes it in the top corner. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's, he's not that sort of player. So people have just got to be a bit more realistic and 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 think about actually what he does bring to the team and what he does, what positives that he brings. And having players like this who are willing to be runners and willing to to put work right in and effort is it's it, they're going to be crucial to the squad. So selling him with with the idea of bringing no one else in would have been detrimental to 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 to, to Wolves moving forward at seventeen million. Fair enough, it's a good price, but it's it's if we're not going to spend it on another forward, then it's pointless because we're only weakening our own position. Mm. You know, yeah. I think what it feels that the club never really had an intention to sell. So fingers crossed, we can find a place for him in this new system you've got to hope um some, something that occurred to me um as i spin it off on, on another tangent if you don't mind is Bolly's contract was due to expire at the end of this season was then donkers expected to expire this season but he had an option to an extension yeah right? i see two years left pretty much so one thing i think the club do deserve credit for is cashing in on those players now because we, we've kind of noted that we lost Sace on a free, we lost Marcel on a free, and Ruddy on a free. Now, I know the market value of John Ruddy is low. You could probably say the same for Marcel. But I do think it's good of the, clever of the club to make that decision early on, instead of being with a situation that we're with Adama, where we are going to lose someone who, is an, who, who has a good value assigned to him, essentially for nothing in 12 months' time. And that nicely, now I've given my bit of thought, comes me back on the subject around Adama Traum. We talked about Neves. No one really came in for him properly. Those muted rumours of Liverpool reportedly admiring him, whatever the fuck that means. But no, there seems to have been very little talk around Adama Traum this summer. Yeah, I think that just tells you how his stock's fallen, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's probably more about that than anything else. And I think you're right about the contract thing. I think it's more to do with what happened to it with the Dharma, really. Um, you know, you had what 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 you, you could have probably sold, you know, at the peak of his powers, you probably could have sold him for sort of 40, 50 million. And Mangalese and the guy on a free. And, you know, obviously we know how tragically bad the deal was that we struck in January with Barca. Um but again, you know, I, I know it wasn't massive money, but I think that on that summer, I think if I remember right, I think it was sort of pissful off about, I think Spurs offered like 15 million or something at the start of that um, that season. Um, and then in January, I think you probably could have got similar, you know, 15, 20, something like that. And now you're going to get, now you're going to get nothing. So, and I think it's also, it was also borne out in the, in the Fabio loan move. You know, they made sure that they put more years on his contracts before they sent him away, just so that, you know, it wasn't a year on his contract that he just wound down here. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think they've done pretty well as a as a selling 
club this 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 window. Definitely. Um, in terms of a couple of additional outgoings, um, the, the last one, well, actually, no, it's two I want to talk about. The first one's Gibbs White, and I think we, we've all just gone the money involved. You can't not say yes to it. The fact that we've got 26 up front for a player who's had arguably one good season in the championship, and we'll probably make another 5 million by the end of this season. I, I, I like Gibbs White. I genuinely hope he does well. He needs to fight his way past about 50 of the Nottingham Forest players to get in the team. But, um, yeah, Jafo, were you, were you sad to see him go as a, as a, as a local lad, an academy prospect? Or, you know, you know what, that money, fuck it. Um, well, I'm going to be quite blunt and say, no, I'm not that bothered. I, I, I'm genuinely <laughs> not that fussed. I mean, he's in a Wolves shirt. Has he really done anything? No, no. <laughs> he, he played well in the championship with Sheffield United and he played well when he was at Swansea. You get offered that sort of money for a, for a player who, at the start of this season, in, in the chances that he's been given to perform and, and, and to try and do something, he's done nothing. It's the same, it's the status quo again. He's been the same player in the games that he was given at the start of the season. Snap, <laughs> snap the hand off as soon as that amount of money's put on the table. You know, he. It, it, to to pay something for some, you know, that's the sort of money that you're paying for a full international. Thirty, what is essentially going to be thirty odd million pounds. It's 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 incredible uh, that you that you throw that out on someone who's, like we say, had one good championship season, and has never done anything in the Premier League. I think has got one Premier League goal, one Premier League assist, and you throw that sort of money out there. It is incredible. If he was, on the other hand, and it was Lingard they were paying that for, I'd understand, but not Gibbs White. And I think that's going to bite him in the arse. Hopefully not, because I hope Morgan does really well, but I I think he's going to bite him in the arse. And he's, he's not going to perform to the level that they expect and what, what Steve Cooper expects. Uh, you're muted, Gully. I'll be back. I've been doing that for like three years on Zoom meetings. <laughs> um, I think at the point they had a bid rejected, uh, it was Carl Anker, what is for the Athletics, said something like, as a promoter club, you cannot be bidding £35 million for Morgan Gibbs White. As a club receiving a £35 million bid for Morgan Gibbs White, you can't not be accepting it. Like It, was, it just summed it up because... You know, it was so outlandish that they were making the bid and we were still pushing them for like, you know, more money, squeeze them out, squeeze them out. And I mean, I must have had some intel from the, you know, sources that, you know, Steve Keith was absolutely hell bent and um, Mr. Maranakis was, was, was willing to back him on that. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I watched a fair portion of the Spurs Forest game and he looked good. Um, and I wonder if maybe they will squeeze a bit more out of him than we were looking like we were going to. Um, so for him, maybe the move might make sense in terms of his own individual development as a player. He could, they could get relegated and he could come out you know, with a lot of credit um, and still be a Premier League player next season, um, which in real terms probably doesn't make it a bad move for him. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I think it's good business on our, on our part, for sure. You can't really argue with it. 
cutting to some breaking news. Um, Aston Villa have made another signing, and it's Jan Begnarak. So I don't know how that impacts um, Wolves' transfer dealings for a centre half. Um, that that was the re- that's the reason why the Dawson deal didn't happen yeah. because yeah. Bednarek was going to go to West Ham, mm. and then Dawson was going to come to us. So as soon as Bednarek chose Villa, um, the deal was off. So I think yeah. it's been the pipeline for a bit, but yeah. You can tell their ambitions are to finish mid-table this season, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I know Bednarek's been touted for, say, a few of the names in and around uh, Wolves' league position aspirations. I was quite glad to see him not linked to us. I, mm. I don't know. I don't know what the the hype is. Around, well, I say hype. It's clearly not hype, but, you know, in the sense that, you know, a, a number of teams were looking at him thinking, mm. oh, you know, I fancy a bit of that. I, I, I didn't really get it. I get the screen. Yeah. Do you think it screams agents involved? Possibly. Just by the num- number mm. of teams that we know that there's a few teams on the lookout or whatever. Because you just see, I mean, it just seems a very average centre half. If he's not no longer good enough for Southampton, um, yeah. you know, you've got to kind of think about yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. He's one of those players that you look at the t- the opposition team sheet and you're happy he's playing. Yeah. If you know what I mean. He's like a map target. He's just like, yeah, I'm quite happy you're playing and not someone else because I know that we can get yeah. you. Um, yeah. And he's you got a rook in him or a red card. So, I mean, yeah. I guess we should be unhappy that he isn't going to be playing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's got, true. Yeah. Alice is decent, to be fair. And Bella yeah. apparently has really started the season well. So uh, maybe so Southampton speak- will be a bit more formidable. Speaking of Southampton, they've uh, made the loan signing of former Wolves target Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well on loan with the option for a permanent. And again, he's someone whose career massively restored after essentially rejecting us or um, Arsenal upping the ante for like doubled the price, didn't they, at the last minute, um, which was frustrating. I think he was at Roma last week. The season. Yeah, he, he was. was yeah. He was, yeah. 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 He was yeah. Under, uh, Jose. Yeah. Weird career, very strange career. Yeah. Again, I sort of hope, hope he kind of finds a path because he's someone who always had a bit of quality. I'm not going to lie, I'm, not, I'm definitely not stressing and refreshing Twitter quite a lot whilst this show's going on because it is two minutes to 11, which means the transfer window is... <laughs> and we've not, we've not announced Troy already, have we? Um... No, I don't know. I'm, it almost feels like Wolves are about to <laughs> just pull a fast one late doors. But um, we've talked about midfielders. We've talked about that we're lacking in depth. But we have let another one go, haven't we, Gully? Go on. Bruno Jordao. Oh, shit. <laughs> the most forgettable we, man in the world. We hardly knew you, didn't we? Um, <laughs> so Some say he's still trying to get up. <laughs> yeah. That was his greatest contribution uh, to the club, wasn't it? Just that image of him waiting to... Uh, I can't remember how long he was waiting for. It was basically the whole of injury time, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> Yeah, it's almost 10, 10 minutes. He's standing there on the touchline trying to get off. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh. If that's your most memorable moment in a Wolves shirt, that's, that's saying something. I mean, he's the, he's the second second man in, in that Neto deal. And he felt, he felt a bit like he was added in to, for us to do a fiver to, it's to like, them. It's like your mum lets you go out. Like Pedro Neto's mum let him go out. But she said, oh, you've got to take your little brother with you. Um, yeah. Like Bruno Jordao <laughs> was like the, the tag along that had to be had to come with it. And he's just 
and sat in the corner just entertaining himself. There you go. Never mind. Just yeah, I mean, yeah, he has gone in loan on on loan. As sort of mentioned to uh, Santa Clara, that's a career that's just nosedived through injury and poor loans. And again, I I think he's. I've got a whole feeling he's his contract's not due up for another year. I think he's still got two years left on his deal for some reason. Um, so, it's like Bonatini. Like I can't believe he's still contract still running. Yeah, he's got this. He's still got like this year to run, isn't he? It's just crazy. He gives out the deals. Usually, no. I mean, the, the amount of times now we're signing players with con, you know, on contracts with an option. Mm. As was like five years with an option, so in effect, it's like potentially like every, a six-year deal. Yeah, every player seems to be five years minimum. I think almost just to do that whole kind of value protection kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, mm. officially. The transfer window is closed, guys. It is 11 o'clock. Mm. Has and the transfer window door slammed? Yeah. Slam shut. Um, there we go. Nobody's got Traore confirmation yet. But, uh, I was going to say, according to um, Liam Kino, uh, transfer deadline is done and Wolves have got a deal over line for Barbecue Traore. Official announcement still to come, but season-long loan with a 9.5 million option is done. No cent half after Craig Dawson deal collapsed. Another window over. So that sort of rounds it up, to be honest. Bit of a damp squid, but it's... I don't know, really. I think, overall, the window's been solid. Actually, there's been a Steve Madeley bomb. (gasps) There we go. Be a good one. Wolves set to sign defender Alfie Pond from Exeter. 500 grand. Cancelled the loan at Yeovil to move to Molyneux. Very much one for the under 21s. We knew we were going to see how it was going to happen. There we go. You heard it here first, guys. Well, I say you heard it here first, but Alfie Pond, new man, down at Molyneux. How can you not be pleased? Is it a defender? We've got our backup defender. There we go. Exactly. Why were we stressing? That's the most non-foreign sounding name I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. He would not pass for Portuguese. What is that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Alfredo Pondo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I think only time's going to tell. Like, if we assume that Barbecue Shrari is signed. Um, I, I think I'm happy with the additions. Satisfied with the outgoings. We've just got to cross our fingers and hope we'll turn it around on um, on Saturday against Southampton, I guess, haven't we? Yeah, when does the manager transfer window open? Oh. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it'll be Saturday, uh, depending, on, depending on the results. But um, yeah, Scott Parker's already gone. I guess it's almost going to open the floodgates in that sense, isn't it? It's got everyone yeah. to do it now. So. I, mean, I do think the, the signings that Wolves have made... Um, do kind of not negate the manager, but it doesn't feel that they're all Bruno Large signing, so to speak. They seem that they are systematic signings. So actually, if they do replace them, there's there are players that will come in where a new manager's not going to get upset that he has them, in my opinion. So I've, I hope um, our Sunday show is going to be a little bit more positive. However, from the Bournemouth show was doing. Uh, last night with Jafo, Dan and Stu. 
I want us to get back to winning way, winning ways. Um, quick predictions for the game. Um, how do we think we're going to do? Oh, I'm going to go really optimistic and go one nil Wolves. That's <laughs> depressing when you're being really optimistic for a one nil win against Southampton at home. But let's yeah. do it. Jeffo, how about you? But I'll, I'll, I'll be really optimistic as well. I'll, I'll get 2-1. Sasha get a goal on his debut. Oh. Gully, are you going to keep up the optimistic streak? It's, I mean, look, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to call out a, a scoring more than one goal. So it's just going to have to be a 1-0 win, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I'll back that. Yeah, I'm with the, I'm, I'm with the same. Geddes, I'll go for Geddes with a goal. Oh. You know what? I'm going to go for Big Max Kilman. Towering head. It's, not, it's, not, it's just not what we need, is it? You just like, <laughs> like, like no. how frustrating would it be if we won with our freaking centre half scoring? Like, <laughs> I don't complain. Jesus, like, yeah, I wanted we, us to win, but not like that. Yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> we're all going to be relieved, and people like me and you, Gully, are going to go. Yeah, but it doesn't kind of address the underlying issues. And you're going to get called all these names on Twitter. And if that's not the joy of football, then I don't know what is. So, uh, but we'll see. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in for the last hour and a half um, for our transfer roundup. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at Wolves Fancast. And big shouts out to Pixel Getty Media and 90 Mint, of course. As I said, We'll be back on Sunday to review the Southampton game. But until then, it's goodbye from Gully. See you guys. It's goodbye from Jafo. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Tom. See you guys. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. <laughs>